Hello, you wonderful listeners, and welcome to the Thought Cloud podcast. The goal of this conversation is to uncover unexpected gems that give students a sense of direction and inspiration as they proceed down their educational journey. Our guest today is the wonderful Jacob Datesman. He is an undergraduate at MIT with interests in software development, cryptography, blockchain, robotics, mathematics, and piano. So Jacob and I met on LinkedIn. I think I was reaching out to him to see if he would be interested in some front-end development on ThoughtCloud actually back in the day. And given his multitude of projects, because he knows how to keep himself busy, time would not permit it, but we did keep in touch. And uh, as I've been progressing down this Web3 space, Jacob's been a wonderful friend and mentor in helping me there. He's had an internship at um, one of my favorite decentralized protocols called Algorand. No, that is not investing advice. I just love their protocol. Um, and today we are so fortunate to have him speak with us about his academic path, which brought him to where he is today, where he hopes to be in the future, and also the lessons he's learned along the way. So let's jump into it. Jacob, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell everyone hello. Yeah, uh, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Jacob. I'm a first year here at MIT. I'm planning on studying artificial intelligence and decision making. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited for this. Awesome, awesome. We're very excited for this. So, you're planning on studying artificial intelligence and decision making. That's actually interesting because um, that's not a traditional major offered at a lot of schools. That's pretty niche. Mm. If you wanted to consider it a subset of like, computer science. So is that what MIT allows? They kind of give you these subsets to choose from? Yeah. Um, computer science here at MIT is course six. All the courses are numbered. Um, and within course six, there are a few like flavors, I think is what they call them. Um, so you have like six one, which is very electrical engineering. Six dash three is like pure computer science. Um, what I'm planning on majoring is actually six four. Uh, it's coming out later um, this year, but it should be available for first years who want to declare it at the end of this year. Um, and it's very similar to the 6-9 major, which they have right now. 6-9 um, is um, like computer science and like neuroscience. Um, it's like much more biology focused. Gotcha. Um, whereas 6-4 is going to be like data science. It's going to be like, how do you use artificial intelligence to make decisions. Gotcha. Um, so there's an overlap yeah. between the two, so the biological one, six, you said six, nine, six, six nine, nine is yeah. similar to six, four you're saying. Mm. And so it, it, how is that in the sense if one's more biologically focused and the other is more, you know, artificial focused, is it because you're drawing those type mm. of learning patterns or learning uh, tools based off of what the brain is doing in that neuroscience field? Like, is that kind of where that similarity comes? Yeah, probably a little bit. I think the main difference is in the courses that you'll end up taking. So if you go down the 6-9 route, you're going to do more like intro to neuroscience, maybe touch on psychology. Um, it's much more of the biological systems and what we can extrapolate from them. Um, and the 6-4 side is very linear algebra heavy, um, machine learning, mathematics, um, it's more the models of the like underlying mechanisms rather than the biological side of it. Gotcha. Very cool. So I'm sure that allows a lot of flexibility in trajectory thereafter. 
Very neat. Yes. Very neat. Well, let's back up a little bit and let's say, where did this whole academic path start? Obviously, you've kept busy since you were, well, you're still young, but <laughs> younger than you were, <laughs> younger than you are today. Um, you've always had projects on your plate. You've always been an innovator. You've always been a learner. You got into one of the top schools in the country. Um, you know, what was, I guess, the inspiration for you? How did you get your feet wet? Maybe let's start there. Okay. Um, in terms of inspiration, um, I'll have to think on that and get back to you. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it came from within. Um, so it was like, like, how can I get the most out of like my education, whatever that means. Like, where do I want to be? What are the goals that mm-hmm. I want to achieve? Um, I think I started getting my like feet wet in uh, fifth grade. Um, probably, I think that's for a lot of people when, um, classes begin to differentiate. And so students begin to have the option of, do they want a faster paced math class? Do they want like a regular math class? Mm -hmm. Um, and your school offered different sort of paths for you. It wasn't just one size fits all. Yeah. 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 It was, um, it wasn't that many. It wasn't like high school where you're allowed to branch out a lot more. Um, but it's like. Like you have to choose what math class you want to be in. You have to choose which English English class you want to be in. Um, and I think like at the time, my guiding principles were like which path will I learn the most from, um, which one will be most difficult for me. Um, and also part of it is if I take one class over another, which one will I regret not taking more? So, for instance, if I had the option in, like, junior year of high school to choose between, um, like, a push or this, like, very unique history class at um, my high school, which focused on American history through, like, disability, I felt that, like, AP US history wasn't necessarily my thing. Um, I could have probably done well in it, but I wouldn't have learned as much. Um, and so I chose to instead focus on advanced classes in other fields and stick with the like more unique and once in a lifetime, um, history class focusing on American, uh, disability. Definitely. Wow. That's actually neat that you had those options. So I personally didn't have those options, um, in fifth Mm -hmm. grade, I think. I think well, sixth grade even. That was, that was in high school. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't okay. The well, class. Oh, the history yeah. class was in high school. I okay. And you were saying that it kind of started though once you were in that middle school, pre middle school time, where you could start to understand and and build this thinking about what classes you wanted to choose, and it was that, you know, you didn't want to miss out on what would give you sort of that best education of what you were looking for, and I guess. <clears throat> say that again if if I missed it it's what was it that defined that you know best education for you yeah for me it was um it was a mix of am I able to be successful in this class and will I learn more from it than I would from the other class so for instance if there's one class which is like five hours more per week but you like focus much more rigorously on the like writing skills i would easily have chosen that because mm-hmm. i would get much more out of it right um yeah definitely it was also 
it was also a time when I started becoming more interested in computer science and math in general. Um, yeah, it like, I think fifth grade was where like my passion for computer science really started. Um, and I started doing more research into it. Was that through the school or was that external? That was external. External. Yeah. That's, that's neat. And you know, some, when you get in early, sometimes that just is a, it's like a catapult. There was a kid in one of my classes who was, I mean, he was installing Linux on my computer and as like a sixth grader. I didn't even know what that meant, but I just, <laughs> I just had him do it for me. He gave me the Ubuntu yeah. drop. He gave me the Ubuntu <laughs> package. Yeah. Um, I actually have a funny story like that. Um, my dad, my first computer I got was at one of these like Lenovo ThinkPads, really bulky, yeah. like old, like X201. Um, with the incredible clicky keyboards. <laughs> um, and the first operating system I got was uh, Linux. <laughs> Very nice. Um, and I remember distinctly, uh, whenever I wanted to install an app, I had to go through the terminal. Um, and so I like wanted Spotify, I'd do like a curl command to download <laughs> the APT. It's like, I know that's like how it started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really just full immersion without even, I mean, that's cool. One thing that's, that's neat about just listening to what you have to say, it's you were looking a lot at this. Um, sounds like you were looking a lot at, you know, what you were going to get from something opposed to what it would take for you to actually accomplish that thing. Because one of the big turnoffs for a lot of the people that are not in the computer science field or have yet to enter that field, even these really heavy technical STEM fields, it's, it brings this sort of esoteric, you know, connotation to it and uh, this barrier to entry that I think is daunting for a lot of people. So for you to just say, no, this, I'm going to get a lot out of this. I just want to do it like and be so passionate about it. That's awesome. That's really cool. So I guess, you know, it, that's what got you interested in high school. You were able to take even more advanced classes, really start to weigh that perception of what was going to benefit your trajectory. And once you got through high school, did you have an idea of, obviously it was something in the computer science field, but when you were choosing MIT, were you balancing that between other schools? Was that, um, was that choice made based off of a certain decision that you felt MIT offered better programs or the people there, or what was it that led you to where you are now? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, um, MIT was probably the top school I got into directly. Um, there were a few others which I got waitlisted at, um, which I think I would have had a high likelihood of like getting off the waitlist if I stayed on. Mm -hmm. um, but one of those was CMU I was thinking pretty heavily about, mm -hmm. um, specifically because they have an incredible computer science department, which rivals like MIT's and Stanford's. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few schools which is up there with them. Um, and part of the reason I chose MIT is that MIT is such a like leader in a like vast range of STEM um, courses and like different majors. Mm -hmm. And so since so many people do change their major in college, if I went to a place like CMU and I decided instead I wanted to go into like biological engineering, then it wouldn't have as like strong a program as at MIT. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I think that was a major factor was just MIT is at the forefront in so many different places. And it's very likely that I switch my major even like a little bit, maybe. Right. Yeah. So that flexibility and those options definitely kept you, you know, interested or showed you the value of, of choosing that school in particular. And, you know, that's a hard school to get into. I remember when I was a senior in high school and we came from a smaller school. It was like 600 students. We knew that if anybody mm. were to get in, it would be one person. It wouldn't be multiple people. Um, mm. So there was some competition. <laughs> nobody ended up getting in, which was the most ironic part of it all. At least nobody that <laughs> announced they got in. But um, anyways, I guess for you, that I mean, that's a feat. That's a huge feat. And did you feel like there was pressure building up to that? Or were you just doing your thing, enjoying your path? and it fell in your lap like was it you know was it planned and strategized or was it something that just worked its way into your into your space yeah um i i mean i'm i I think i would not be telling the truth if i said i hadn't like thought of it i think every person in like a majority of people in high school do think about like the college process and how like what their actions are during high school, how that will affect their, um, like, what college they get into and whatnot. Um, And I also think that a lot of my choices were not necessarily the ones which would get me into the best college. I wasn't thinking it from a standpoint of, oh, I should start doing computer science early so that I can be at this level by the time I graduate, it was mm-hmm. more um, like, what are my personal goals and how can I accomplish them the best and what are my interests? So for instance, I was interested in robotics. Mm-hmm. So I joined the robotics team to get a sense of like engineering and math and how that those, the two fit together. Um, and I think a lot of other students in the robotics club maybe joined out of a different like goal a lot of them joined thinking oh it will look great on my transcript um and i think i tried really hard to have that not affect my clubs my extracurriculars what classes i took and more from like within like what what are my goals what do i want to become more proficient in and um i think that is a more valuable way to get into the college you want to be at because it's more authentic and the place you end up will be a better place for you. Definitely. So for instance, if you, if you join the robotics club just to have it on the transcript to make it look nice Mm -hmm. and then you get into college and they expect you to be on the robotics team. And so you like have to join the robotics team and like, you still don't like it. Right. It's not worth it. Yeah, no, that's, it's just setting yourself up for some sort of, sticky situation Mm. and you see a lot of it honestly i can't tell you how many people started clubs you know just to put it on the transcript or the resume to say you know oh i i've done this i've done this and it's it almost Mm. is looking you know retrospectively it it just makes you look a bit more fickle um Mm. and unsure of yourself which is funny to think of it that way so it's cool to hear that you had such a pure and genuine um you know passion Mm. for something and and really went about figuring out the best way to 
you know, pursue that. I think that's, that's neat. So you did a lot of projects too in high school. Let's go there. It's like, you know, not a lot of people just do projects to do pro I'm not going to say not a lot of people, but the people that do do projects just to do projects are, you know, those like yourself that are just in inherently driven, inherently curious. Um, mm. And so I guess, do you feel like those projects, first, you can even touch on some of those projects, but how do you think that they set you up for success in what you're doing now? Mm. That's a good question. Um, um, yeah, I, I think I, when I started on my first project, it must have been in fifth grade, um, I was hosting a Minecraft server for my friend, as people do, um, and I noticed this like inefficiency in which um, when one of my friends would like start playing on the server, I wouldn't necessarily know, and so my options were to either consistently check or just like guess the time, I guess. Um, and I really wanted to fix that. I wanted to come up with a way to get a notification when someone joined. Um, and so that was how I got started on my first project. I was kind of like tangentially interested in like, like programming and all that it had to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I took this as a, like, Hey, what if I like put the two together? Like, could I solve this? Right. Um, and there were first few days when I did a lot of searching on stack overflow. Um, <laughs> I think that's honestly how I learned to program at first. Uh, I would look something up, um, like just a random question, like, uh, like how do you delay when programming in JavaScript? Or um, I have a vivid memory of looking up how do you store data in JavaScript? Um, and the underlying uh, like mechanism I was looking for at that time was a variable that, like, assignment mm -hmm. um but the help article i stumbled upon was how to use the browser's storage system so this is how like facebook stores your current session um and so my first version of the program that i wrote to alert me when someone joined um actually used session storage for every single variable wow which is not not the right way to do it, but I'm, I don't know that myself. Why, why is that not? Well, we could get into that. I'm sure that could be a whole conversation <laughs> in and of itself. But okay, go on, go on. Um, but that's just like how I learned it the first time, and so with each new project, I think it was something very similar. It's like, oh, this is a problem which I am able to solve with code, mm -hmm. and there's this new technology which I can learn while doing it, and so. The first project, I didn't really know the correct way to store variables. Next project, I tried like uh, push notifications to like phone. The next one, I got into like web components and web development. And like with each each like revision, each new project, each new technology, I got like one step closer. And I think that touches upon the like barrier to entry you called out earlier, mm -hmm. um, where I do think there's a lot to learn, but I think if you take it like piece by piece, like one step at a time, doing projects that are interesting to you, yeah, it's a lot less scary. It's a lot easier. It's more approachable. Definitely. So then as for like those learnings, applying them now, it seems like understanding that you can kind of 
break something down into, you know, chewable pieces. Um, is that, that's how you approach your problems now? Is that a fair assumption to say? That's, that, that's what keeps yeah. you sane when you have a daunting task in front of you? Yeah, that's a big part. And also just like being able to fall back on past experience. Like mm-hmm. the, the first project, you learn something. The next project, you can apply that. It will be two times faster, um, if not more. Right. Um, and so now, like I have this vast array of different experiences from like mobile applications to desktop applications to scripts to like you name it. It just compounds. Um, exactly. Yeah, very cool. So you did, and then another project I want to touch on, which is neat, because obviously ThoughtCloud is an educational based, you know, service. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked on a project in high school that was um, helping you with your announcements from your school. I looked onto your website and saw that that was one of the projects you had done. And that's really neat. So gosh, I mean, talk me through the, the motivation behind that, because (laughs) usually you see kids that when they're upset with how the school is communicating with them, they just get mad at the school and throw their hands up in the air. (laughs) But you said, I want to build a solution. So how, how did you come about that? Yeah. Um, are you referring to the uh, high school, like right? Yeah, for high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so honestly, <laughs> my main motivation for that was uh, the mobile version of my school's website was not the best. Um, you had to log in every single time you reloaded the page. Basically, um, the user interface wasn't very intuitive. Um, getting calendars on your phone was a huge hassle, um, and it comes back to the problem and also the technology I wanted to learn because mm-hmm. at the time I became very interested in uh, Swift UI okay. um, or like Swift in general and how to design mobile applications natively on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the two kind of just went hand in hand and the like pressure of the unintuitive user interface on the phone kind of motivated me towards action. Um, so I went on to the school's the like web portal and I like looked into the network tab and saw what requests were being made and I kind of like back like uh, <laughs> reverse engineered, engineered uh, yeah. Yeah, reverse engineered uh, this like their API and then I wrote code to send requests in like Swift and that's awesome. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So you were always, you've always been innovating and you took after high school, you got obviously accepted into MIT. You took that first year off. So you're a freshman this mm-hmm. year, freshman year yes. for you technically could have started last year, but you said, no, mm-hmm. I want to take time off. I want to continue growing myself as an individual. And you decided you wanted to intern at Algorand. I don't know what else you did during that year, if there was other things that were more prominent or not, but what motivated you to take that time away? What was that and what did you gain from it? Yeah, um, in all honesty, my main motivation was COVID hit. Um, I was not planning on taking a gap year before um, this like COVID pandemic, um, but uh the pandemic hit and so i had to consider did i want to go to college immediately like Mm -hmm. with all my friends graduate and matriculate that year 
um, but to potentially miss out on the first year. It was a difficult decision because a lot of the news had suggested that everything would return to normal in January. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously no one can predict that. Right. Um, and so my thinking on it was, do I potentially sacrifice basically my first year to completely online classes or do I wait a year? Maybe COVID is still a thing, but it's just a little bit better because I've already worried about it for a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I think taking a gap year is, I, I personally would recommend it now. Um, I think it's a state, it's like a time in your life where a lot of personal development can take place. Um, you work on yourself, reflect on like what your goals are in life and what you want to, um, work on moving forward. Um, and also I took it as an opportunity to learn some of the, like, softer adult skills such as like like what is finance how do you like manage your budget how do you yeah like invest for the future mm -hmm. um so i read a lot of books on that um i got more into like exercising and like self-help very nice um and then i took the time to take a few online courses um because that's kind of what i would have done anyway <laughs> if i had gone remote um and also internet places uh, and so I, I definitely think I got all of that out of my gap year and it, I don't know, it's nice also to just take a break before going into another four years of like hard work. Totally. And how do you, th has that affected, you know, your gosh, trajectory in the sense of what you decided you wanted to study at MIT? Were you able to change based off of, did you, I'm assuming you applied with the intention of a particular path and were you able to change it upon entry or did you stick to what you applied with? How has that unfolded? Yeah, I think it's like honed my, um, like my interests a little bit. Um, I think coming into MIT, I was like, like the, that year, that senior year, I was more focused on artificial intelligence and computer science. Um, and I think now I'm focused on that, but I'm also now interested more in like entrepreneurship, maybe, um, maybe like management, um, economics, maybe, um, I took one of the courses I took was a microeconomics course. Um, and I think it's just gives you time to like explore what else you can be interested in. Right. Um, and so in my case, it definitely worked out that way. I, I looked a little into like economics and finance. I obviously interned at Algorand and they're right. very big into that space. Right. Um, and I realized that I didn't just want artificial intelligence and computer science, but I also want like this third part. So maybe I'm looking at like a minor in economics or mm -hmm. entrepreneurship or definitely. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, I mean, lots of time to decide too. First year, it's crazy <laughs> to think that you're only in your first year. That's nuts. Well, I guess let's go and say valuable lessons. You know, let's, let's talk about these really quickly and then we can jump into our closing rapid fire round. But um, cool. decisions, you know, that you've made, whether it be, you know, personal development, um, you know, passion projects, academic, you know, path and trajectory, decisions that you made that you're really happy looking back on right now you know, something that you feel like each day you can, you know, hold that close to you and say, I'm really happy that that was something I did. 
Yeah. What would um, those be? Or what would one that be that stands out to you? One that stands out to me is learning to play an instrument. Okay. Um, Explain I think it's, that. It's yeah. like, it's, it's something most people wouldn't think about, but um, like music or like art is like a very big part of, it can be a very big part of life. Um, and like, for instance, here at college, it's brought me closer with a few of my friends and um, we'll play like songs weekly. Um, it also improves like other areas of your life. So like playing the piano has helped me type faster, for instance, <laughs> me, like program faster, Right. which is like, it's so random, but it it really does help yeah um, it also trains your mind it's a great way to like practice and work at something um and like just be creative and relax definitely yeah. definitely definitely wow that's actually i threw me for a loop there but i'm happy you said that what do you think your next do you have goals with that with your understanding like or learning music do you have like uh you know oh i want to accomplish this just like you do with your projects or is it more of i just yeah. enjoy it and i just want to have fun wherever it takes me. I'm going to, you know, live it up. I think right now, more the latter. Um, I do think I would definitely have a lot of fun if I took a music theory class in one of my next semesters. Yeah. Um, I try to take at least one class, which like pushes me outside my comfort zone each semester. Um, so I could definitely see myself doing that one of these semesters. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. Keep me posted on that. And, uh, you know, the the next one is looking back, something you could have done differently to put you in what you may consider a, you know, a more advantaged spot now. What is something that you think you would have improved on? Could mm -hmm. have improved yeah. on? I think generally, like, traveling more, trying more activities and experiences. But that's something that a lot of people do in college, and it's definitely something I've done. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my main my main thing would probably be working on, like, communications earlier. And that means, like, improving writing skills, improving public speaking, mm -hmm. maybe do more reading when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's the softer skills, which are often overlooked in engineering and STEM, but they make a huge difference and they're really, really important because um, let's say you're giving a pitch or to like a VC or you want uh, funding for a project you're working on or you want to be able to persuade someone to join your team for a particular project in college right? or like the list goes on and on um, or like at internships maybe. Um, you need to be able to present your work. You need to be able to speak professionally with your manager. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely one of the most valuable skills, like in professionally um, in the workforce and also just in life. Like the more effective you are at communicating your ideas, the more powerful they'll be and the more successful you'll be because of it. Definitely. That's, that's wonderful advice. Honestly, I think that, you know, it is overlooked and, for you to just say that coming from all of the experience that you've had building things, being super technical, um, being super driven, it's only a further testament to how important, you know, those soft skills are. So really neat, really neat. Um, we're going to close it out now with the rapid fire round and, awesome. uh, and then we can get on our way, let you get to your jam sesh later on. So <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire round, here we go. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do uh, to decompress after a big test? Yeah, uh, get outside, definitely. Get outside, lay in the sun, walk around. Hike. Yeah. 
Very nice. All right. Do you like to study in groups, solo, or depends on the class? Um, I prefer to study solo at first. Um, I want to know that I have all the information like internalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll know that I'm ready to for like the practice exam or like for the test itself if I have gone through all the content and have taken the core ideas and like fit them into my own framework. Um, because that means like I'll be able to like rederive them or like stumble upon them myself during the test. And right. it's not so much as like rote memorization, but more like have I internalized what it's saying. Totally. Um, and then afterwards I'll work in a group and do like practice problems. And that helps a lot because you can see if someone's doing it, if someone is solving the problem more effectively than you are or mm-hmm. more efficiently, um, and it also helps because you're able to spread the knowledge and it's like a Feynman technique. If you can teach others, you'll internalize the material better. Definitely. I love that. All right. Favorite project you've worked on? Um, the JavaScript SDK, like the software development kit and the other ones at Elgrand. Um, I liked the project because it was a lot more like it was directly impactful to a huge amount of developers. Um, so someone might open like a bug or an issue um, and I would like work on it and fix it like a couple of days later. And then like three other people would comment and be like, Th- like this is great. Thank you so much for fixing this. Cause it's a, it's a project which has like hundreds of developers who are using it every single day. Right. Um, and that's direct impact right there. Yeah. It felt like much closer to the community. Totally. You can really see that you know, value right upon delivery, which is awesome. All right. Favorite book, favorite book. You read a lot in your gap year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I read a lot of biographies on my gap year. Um, I really liked becoming, um, but I think I have, I have a few categories for like personal development. I really like the four hour work week. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Uh, for literature, I think great Gatsby is an incredible book. Love great. Um, other ones I highly recommend are The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin, Benjamin Graham. Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Hidden Reality by Brian Greene that talks about like physics and multiverse. I don't think I've read Hidden Reality, but I think I may have seen the cover. Brian Greene's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself drifting yeah. into that physics realm much with all the computer science and AI that you deal with? Yeah, I I, I really like the, um, that, that field, yeah. Yeah. like space and just like theoretical physics. I, d- I don't think I'm interested in it from a like academic standpoint, mm-hmm. but I just find it all super interesting. And he does a very good job of explaining it in simple terms, which totally. is easy to understand. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, let's see. We've got three more here. So <clears throat> where do we want to go? Let's do favorite thing about MIT. Yeah. Um, everyone that I've heard ask this question says the people, and I 100% agree. I think the people is what makes MIT unique. Um, but I want to provide like a different perspective, and mine is that um, I think one of my favorite things is the atmosphere you're in, the atmosphere of this like innovation and like self-improvement and self-growth. Um, I think I can honestly say that like every single person on campus is working their hardest at something to be better at something. Um, and it's oftentimes not 
like not just academics or not like what you'd expect like every single person has something different but it's just like the entire when you're in an environment where every single person is working their hardest to like improve and get that much better it's much easier to push yourself um and innovation like coming up with new ideas is just much easier because people like aren't afraid to be themselves they aren't afraid to be radical and put forth like new ideas right um yeah and that's a really great environment it shows up in like academics and research mm-hmm. athletics like clubs even um and like relationships with like friends and peers um and it also has this feeling of like everyone's in it together and everyone's humble about it yeah so if someone if someone like doesn't get a concept then three people are going to help them out it's not going to be like they're like oh i just want to get ahead it's like i just want to move on to my next piece mm-hmm. it's like the problems are so difficult here that you have to work together definitely um and it, it's it's great it's really great that is really great. I mean, you, one thing that you said there that I think is just awesome, it's like everyone's comfortable being themselves and, yeah. you know, not knowing something isn't an issue because you know that, okay, maybe he doesn't know this or she doesn't know this, but they're an expert on something that I have zero clue about. I mean, everyone's so unique yeah. and so passionate when you find yourself in those environments. I think that's where the best personal development comes from. So lucky, lucky yeah. for you to experience that. Um <laughs> Grad school or no grad school? Um, I don't think I will if I continue down the path of computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am keeping an eye out on an MEng, which is like Masters of Engineering um, here at MIT. It's like you take an extra year and you graduate with a Masters and an undergrad degree. Oh, nice. Um, so I'll think about that, but I, I don't know if it's worth the investment otherwise, specifically for computer science. Investment financially, time, or both? Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah both, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. And MEng would be Master's Engineering, is it like uh, electrical engineering, or what type in particular? Um, I, I think, I haven't looked, but... Um... Or there may be prob- probably multiple subsets of that fifth year program I'm yeah assuming. yeah i think there are a number of them um they ha- I, I just looked it up they have uh, biomedical electrical engineering mechanical engineering product design like a ton of good ones yeah um so i'll, I'll look at those um but i've got some time <laughs> <laughs> you too have some time all right so you are a freshman this year um you've gone through your first semester you're in the middle of your second semester so what is the mm-hmm. top piece of advice you would give for incoming freshmen? incoming freshmen looking to find their academic slash career path or really just get the most out of their educational experience? Mm. I think a good piece of advice like for life, but also for freshmen especially is you should make an intentional effort to go like out of your comfort zone on a regular basis. Like make that like a part of your routine. Um, Try clubs you wouldn't expect you'd like. Uh, take a class, like I mentioned earlier, every semester that is outside of your comfort zone that scares you a little bit even um, and pushes you to grow. If you're big into math, then take like an urban planning course. Yeah. Like like go way out there. Um, if you've done research before, like try interning instead. Like it's stuff like that, which <clears throat> I think it it makes you a more complete person and it expands like your like viewpoint on a lot of things. Um, and also it just like makes you unique. 
like I think a lot of people at these schools are um, going down a similar path. And so there'll be a lot of people graduating with the same path. And so if you can say like, oh, I took a course in like public policy, I looked into urban planning, I did some simulations in like the biomedical field, like, that's like, first of all, just really cool stuff. <laughs> and like, you'll learn a lot just from dipping your toes into a different, a bunch of different areas. Um, and also it's like a lot more growth potential than just staying with what you're good at. Definitely. Definitely. That's awesome advice. Wow. I wish that somebody had told me that early on. <laughs> That's great. That's really wonderful. Um, well, that wraps us up. That closes the rapid fire round. That closes the, the conversation. And uh, Jacob, this has been awesome chatting with you and, and letting you share your insights, your story with other people who are, you know, either on their path or just starting their path. Um, and, you know, really the whole goal here is just to keep spreading the inspiration, the insights, and to give students like yourself a voice. So thank you for speaking and, you know, helping others out that are looking for that direction. And, and it's been a pleasure just talking with you and, and digging in more to your past experiences and, and learning about you as a, as a person. Yeah, thank you so much, Oliver. I had, I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll be in touch soon and uh, have a great day. Enjoy that jam sesh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All righty, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.